How many believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Amen. Come on, how many believe he is God and he changes not? Amen. Can we just put our hands together one more time? Let's give God some praise. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome, everybody. Good to see you this morning. I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised because I, as uh, praise and worship went on, I, I looked back and I saw that uh, there's so many wonderful people here today, and I thought, surely everybody's staying home, right? <laughs> no, we're not uh, like some of the southern states. I want to encourage you today, uh, and it's so funny because... Well, it's, it's not hilarious, but it's funny in the sense of uh, it's great because uh, Brother Michael didn't really, well, he didn't know what I was going to preach about. And uh, he's mentioned it several times. We sang a little bit about it today. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, if you want to turn in your Bible or click in your device, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to just preach today on yes and amen. Yes and amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse 19 and 20, I'm going to be reading out of a couple different versions other than the King James. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me, this is Paul talking, and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, or didn't go back and forth, but in him, or Jesus, it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through him... The, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. One translation says this, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. He carries out and fulfills all of God's promises, no matter how many of them there are. And we have told everyone how faithful he is, giving glory to his name. And then in verse 22, this is what Paul says, who also, talking, still talking about Jesus, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts, His Spirit in our hearts, as a guarantee. Amen. One place it calls the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. In 2 Peter chapter 1, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him, or Jesus, who called us by his own glory and virtue. Through these things, he has given us precious and magnificent promises, so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, since you have escaped the corruption that evil desires have brought into the world. And so what Paul's talking about here in 2 Corinthians and 2 Peter is the God's yes is a permanent yes. It is his permanent stamp of approval when God promises something. It's God's yes and it's our yes. Think about it. It's God saying yes through his promises and it's us affirming and agreeing, saying amen to those promises. How many uh, know many times in church we say amen? Sometimes I slip up and even ask for an amen, right? Number one, to see if you're paying attention and haven't fallen asleep yet. But also, it's a way to say, we agree and we affirm. So when we say amen to the promises of God, we are saying, I agree and I affirm them through Jesus Christ. How many believe that all of God's promises in Christ are yes and amen? 
Anybody? Two people? Do you believe that all of God's promises are for you? Do you believe that, amen, that when it comes to God's promises in your life, God's saying a big yes. And so we say a big amen. All of God's promises are yes through Christ and amen by us. The key here is that the promises of God are concealed in Christ, but they reveal to us through His Word. I just want to just take a little bit of time here and talk about the Word of God when it comes to the promise of God. We could call the Word of God the Book of Promises. How many know what I'm talking about? Could you do that? I can call the, book of, uh, the Bible the Book of Promises because it's loaded with promises from God. See, the gift that God has given us each and every day, I like this thinking, that the gift that God has given us every single day, two things. Number one is prayer. That's us talking to Him. And the Word of God, that's Him talking to us. Amen? That's really good. And I think that's really great that we have that opportunity. But here's a couple things that I just wanted to encourage you about the Book of Promises. That you can experience every promise inside the book through faith and obedience to the book. So as you're faithful and obedient to the book, you can have every promise in the book. Does anybody agree with that? Or you can say amen. It's the same thing. I agree. See, a condition, one of the things I see that happening in the body of Christ and uh, throughout all the body, not just here in Williamsport or wherever, it's through the body, is I feel that there's a condition that's slowly happening in the body. And I believe it's one of the conditions that's kind of hurting the, the body of Christ of the church is word illiteracy, Bible illiteracy. I believe that we need to be sharp in 2020 when it comes to the Word of God. Does anybody agree with that? I believe that we need to uh, be intentional about the Word of God. I believe that we need to be focused on the Word of God because in the Word of God is every promise through Christ. You'll never know the promises of God until you know the Word of God. The Word of God reveals the promises of God that are through Christ. Amen? Come on, somebody. Amen. They are revealed through Jesus. And I, I just wanted to say that I see this condition in the body. I, I believe that just like the natural body, we, we have things that affect our mind and, and our outer body. We have things that uh, affect our, our organs, like our heart, our blood, and our bones. But you know there's something else that, that we have in our body. It's like our inner core. Uh, take, for instance, our immune system. How many know that your immune system needs to be built up and it needs to be strong? The moment that your immune system is weakened or as, as whatever the, the cause may be, maybe you have a, a condition that your immune system is, is kind of a, a lower, a broken, you know, uh, you're going to have all kinds of problems, aren't you? And I believe that this is something that's like the immune system in the body of Christ, and that is the literacy of God's Word. Knowing God's Word. Claiming God's Word. Because if we don't know God's Word, come on, we won't experience the promises of God. And you know, if we don't know the Word of God, we won't be able to preach the Word of God. How I many you know you can't go around just saying a bunch of movie titles and commercial uh, you know, lines to to somebody and expect them to receive Jesus Christ and go to heaven. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But how many know the Bible says that God needs some preachers to declare the promises of God? Amen. And so this is one of the things I believe. See, the Word of God is God's, as they used to say back in, back in the day, that it's God's love letter to you. We can say this about the Word of God and the promises in the Word of God, that this is for me. How many believe that God wrote the Bible or had people write the Bible for you? Yeah, it's just that personal to me. 
It's not just something that a history book or a book of prophecies or book about the Christian faith. This is a book to me. This is something that when I read the Bible, I read it and I say, me too. I say, that's me. I say, God, you're speaking to me directly through your word. How many believe that when you read the word of God? And so if I believe that, that I've got to believe that every promise in the book is for me. Amen. It's for, not just for others, it's for me. You know, reading, you know, having somebody else read your Bible for you or, or just coming to church and let the preacher read your Bible for you, someone said it's like chewing somebody else's gum. I mean, no, the, the sensation is there, but the original flavor has left. Amen? Come on. We, we want that fresh taste ourselves. Give us this day our daily bread. We want to taste it for ourselves. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Amen? For ourselves. It's for me. Every promise in the book is for me. We talked about give us this day our daily bread last week. That's, that's a prayer, by the way, in Matthew chapter 6. That's a prayer that's accompanied with fasting concerning the word of God. Give us this day our daily bread, our needed bread, what we have to have from you. And bread symbolizes the word of God. How many know that you need the word every day? I believe that. Amen. And uh, someone used to say when we were kids, the wor uh, a word each day will keep the devil away. Um, that was a great thing for kids, right? Scared us half to death. But you know, I just heard something. It was wonderful if, you, if you're following someone like John Bevere. Um, I heard something shared on his Instagram a couple weeks ago. So good. And I, I followed the links and, and uh, really looked into this. But they did a recent study recently that they, um, of course it was recent because it's a recent study. But anyways, they did a study recently. At the, uh, it was actually the Center for Bible Engagement. The Center for Bible Engagement did a study. They pulled, pulled about 40,000 people between the ages of 8 and 80. And what they pulled them on was how people uh, really engaged with Scripture. And so what they did is they, they did it based on one of the studies they did based on weekly interaction in the Word of God or engaging with the Word of God on a weekly basis. And uh, those that engaged with the Word of God about one or two times a week, it was really neg negligible. It was uh, no real effects. It was just kind of... Yeah, I read the Bible. The third time, you know, if you did it three times a week, they found there was a little bit more improvement. But something very interesting, when someone engaged in the Bible or read the Bible four times a week, it spiked. Something happened when they went four or more times a week. Let me give you some of these statistics. Feeling lonely drops about 30%. Anger issues dropped uh, 32%. Bitterness in relationships drops 40%. Now, this is four times a week. This is what they saw just in a week, folks. Alcoholism dropped 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped 60%. I mean, no, that's, you know, that's amazing, isn't it? Viewing pornography dropped 61%. Sharing your faith jumped up 200%. And discipling other people jumped up 230%. Just when you did it more than three times. Think about that study. That's an amazing thing, doesn't it? And sometimes I have to ask myself, do we avoid reading the Bible every day or, or part of our weekly uh, uh, really kind of fellowship with the Lord because we don't have time? Or is it because maybe we, we don't need that much of it? Is that why we do it? Or maybe it's because we, we know it all too well. 
Maybe it's because we know that there's requirements there. Maybe we know that God's going to kind of ask us to do some things. Then we're going to have to live it out. I don't know what it is. But nevertheless, we can honestly say that if you're reading your Bible more than a couple times a week, amen, you're going to experience something. Come on. You're going to experience God and His nature, as Second Peter said. That some things, you're going to partake in the nature of God, amen, and you're going to receive the promises of God. Amen. And so let's look at this book of promises, over 40 authors written over a span of 1,500 years, 1,600 years, there's 66 books and almost 1,200 chapters. There's over 31,000 verses and almost 800,000 words. This is all, amen, the Word of God, amen? And 85% of the Bible is about God's promises to us. Isn't that great? That's amazing, isn't it? So this is the book of promise. And 50 times it uses the word promise. 50 times. 50 is a, a, a significant number in the Bible. But you know, uh, and I've looked into this and I've kind of researched this a little bit because uh, there's some people that have a different opinion on this. But I would say that it's safe to say that there's over 3,000 promises in the Word of God. Some people claim there's over 5,000, others claim there's over 7,000, and one guy said that there was about 30,000 promises in the Bible. Now, if there's only 31,000 uh, verses in the Bible, that means there's a promise in every verse, just about. Amen? The first promise that we see in the Bible was in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It was a promise that, that God was going to send, amen, there was going to be a Messiah, and that he would bruise the head of Satan. It was a messianic promise that there was, amen, going to be born, and we, we read through it, you could read through it. It's a promise about Jesus coming and being our Redeemer from evil, from sin, and crushing sin, uh, sin hell, and the devil. That was the first promise. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? Amen. He didn't promise sunny days, but he promised his victory over the devil. That's pretty good. The last promise in the Bible was in Revelation, and, and this is the promise, that Jesus is coming back. He said, behold, I come quickly. I'm coming back. That's pretty good, isn't it? So we can say that the first promise and to the last promise, God, amen, has got good things in store for us. Amen. There's about 290 promises that man has made to God as opposed to the thousands of promises that God has made to us. How many know our promises aren't that much compared to God? We try, amen, but how many know I'd like God's promises to us better than my promise to Him? Come on, some of you broke some already this year. But there's, I mean, just as amazing, there's nine promises that are from the devil. He made nine promises in the Bible. I don't know about you, but he's not good on any one of them. Because he's the father of lies, so no matter what promise he made to you, don't count on it, he's lying about it, right? And, and just think about some of this stuff. In Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, there's over a thousand promises in just those books alone. I mean, and, and one author said that the most outstanding chapter in the Bible was Psalms chapter 37, where every verse carries a promise. That's pretty good, isn't it? Isn't it so, I mean, don't you want to get in the book today? Don't you want to get into the book of promise? Get in, because you know, when you get into the book of promise, you're going to hear the Lord say, yes and amen. There's going to be a resounding yes in your spirit. Yes, I'm going to make it. Yes, I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Yes, I have eternal life. Yes, I'm forgiven. Yes, I'm somebody. Yes, I belong to Jesus. Yes, he loves me. Yes and amen. Hallelujah. 
And the Bible says here that all the promises are yes and amen. All of them are yes and amen. I like that one. You know, there's, there's, there's just some facts about this, about the Lord, that I want to share with you. Nothing diminishes in God. You ever realize that? Seasons, I mean, every, think about it. everything in nature. Our body diminishes, doesn't it? But nothing in the Lord diminishes. I love that about the Lord. And so that means that God's promises are, are everlasting. They last forever. Once God spoke it, it's in existence and it's there forever. Amen? And so I like the fact that God's promises are irrevocable. He doesn't, as Paul said here in 2 Corinthians, he says what Paul was saying is God isn't flippant with his promises. He doesn't say yes to you and then take it back like an abusive father. He doesn't say no to you and then say yes to somebody else. Come on, he, he, the Bible says that he keeps his word. He's faithful to his word. Once he promises something, he doesn't take it back. That's what Paul was saying here in 2 Corinthians to them. He said, when I'm promising to come to you, and he said, I'm telling you, I'm going to come to you. And he said, I want you to know something. When I say yes, it's not going to be no, it's going to be yes. Now, it may not be right away, but I'm coming to you. And then he goes in and he says, this is how God is. Whatever God says is yes, and then we say amen. Because God is faithful. Because God is faithful. And the thing that is, is what we have to understand, is that God is absolutely trustworthy. Amen. He's absolutely trustworthy. He's unchanging in his promises. He's faithful. I mean, the Bible says that his faithfulness lasts a lifetime. Forever are his faithfulness. His faithfulness goes not just a lifetime, but it goes from one generation to the next generation. Come on, how many know if he was faithful to your grandparents, he was faithful to your parents? If he's faithful to your parents, he's faithful to you. If he's faithful to you, he can be faithful to his, your children. Come on, amen? His promises go from one generation to the next generation. Amen? If he saved you, he wants to save your children. If he delivered you, he can deliver your grandchildren. Come on. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, isn't just for, wasn't just for the disciples. He said this promise is for you, amen, for the next generation, and as many as those that God will call, that's who this promise is for. Because the promise of God lasts forever. That's how I know that the Holy Spirit didn't just come for the disciples. It didn't die with the disciples. And it wasn't just to start the church. How many believe that when God promises something, it lasts forever? Can you say amen? And that's the way the promise of the Father is. Amen. Because he's trustworthy and he's unchanging and he's faithful in keeping his promises. His promises stem, as Paul was writing here, his promises stem from his goodness and his glory. That's where his promises come from. His promises really are about uh, his power and the, and the fact that he has power to fulfill his promises. That's what I love about it. You know, how many know that if you're going to make a promise, you better back it up? If you're going to promise somebody 50 bucks, you better have 50 bucks before you promise them. That's why the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Come on, don't, don't swear to something you can't keep. Don't, don't promise somebody something you can't keep. But how many know God knows himself and he knows that he's good for his promise. And when he promises you that your bills are going to be paid, he's got the money to back it up. He's got the strength to give you to back it up. He's got the provision, everything you need. God's already got it. That's why he can promise it because he's good for his promise. Amen. Unlike, 
me sometimes. Amen. So each promise in the Lord, I love this about the promise of God, that each promise, God pledges something. He promises that something's going to happen or something won't happen. He promises that it's going to be done or He's going to be given to you or it's going to come to pass. When God, I love this. How many know that, amen, after a rainy day, sometimes in the summer, you go out and what do you look for? You look for something in the sky. You look for a promise in the sky. You look for a rainbow. And the Bible says that that rainbow is a promise. Now, men have taken those colors and they have used it for their own uh, interest, their own uh, whatever it is. But we know that when you look at a rainbow, come on, we look at a promise. And how many know God has kept His promise? He hasn't destroyed the earth with the water. He kept His promise to man. And He said, every time you see that rainbow, you can know that I'm good for my promises. And so I want you to know something. If you're going through a hard time, I want you to get a picture of a rainbow out. Amen. We've got a picture of the rainbow over the church. we got it over the center. There's one over the rock church down there. Amen. I want you to look at that rainbow and say, God, I'm going through a hard time right now. But if you made a promise to Noah and you kept it for thousands of years, I know you've made a promise to me and you're going to keep it today. Amen. You're going to get me through this. You're going to meet my need. You're going to see me through this you're going to help my family because you're good for your promises amen amen and each promise God assures his people that he's he's going to do it for them he's going to do it in them and he's going to do it to them sometimes the Lord gives you a promise that he's going to do something in you rather than give something to you is that right and I don't know about you but God values what happens in you sometimes better than what happens to you what comes to you Sometimes we're praying for money and God is working in patience. And God loves the patience rather than the paycheck because that patience is going to carry you through other trials that you'll face in the future. Amen. And so that's just the promises of God. The promises of God teach us about His incredible character, that He loves us, and He's a promise-keeping God. I love that. Amen. We can stand on His promises. And there's examples of God's promises all through the Bible. Uh, and, and, you know, um, through relationships. I mean, Noah and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I mean, it's, it's everybody. I mean, God's just made promises with everybody, right? God even made promise with a harlot. Rahab, the harlot. Oh, yes, He does. And God kept His promise, didn't He? Amen. He did it to Joshua and David and, and Mary. He kept His promise. Amen. And when Jesus died on the cross, amen, and rose again, He gave us a promise. And He's keeping that promise. And how many are a recipient of that promise today? Amen, that He's kept His promise. And this is what Paul says, that God's promises are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. They're not fulfilled because I, I'm perfect. They're not fulfilled because I did something. That I, I worshipped harder this week, so God's going to keep His promise to me. It's done in Jesus. It's done through Jesus. Come on, you can't pay money to get God to keep a promise to you. It's kept through Jesus. It's, it's done through Jesus. It's fulfilled through Christ. Amen. Amen? And Jesus Christ brings us, as the Bible says, superior promises in the New Testament. In the New Covenant, through Jesus, there's superior promises. They had the promise as they looked at a rainbow and they just had promise of protection. Amen. But I want you to know there's a superior promise that God has made through Jesus. Amen. That you can just walk through, amen, a dangerous situation. Amen. And know that God is protecting you. Amen. Because His promises through Christ are superior than that which they had before Jesus came. 
God's promise is really, uh, and this is something to, important to understand today, that God's promises must be received by believers through faith. Amen? Now I'm going to just tell you what I believe is what I call the promise clause. How many know with every contract there's a clause? Well, there's a promise clause. Did you know that? There's a promise clause that God writes with us and talks to us about. And that is that, number one, it's received by faith. But it's received by obedience. Obedience to Jesus. Amen. That's how we receive, amen, the, the promises of God. It's, it's sometimes the promises come through persistence. They come through faith. They come through our believing God no matter what. But ultimately, they come through obedience to God's word. That's how God fulfills his promises. God's promises are really a way that God unites us. And I love this about God's promises, that God promises to unite us, amen, together through Christ. Amen, I love that. There's so many good things about God's promises. And I really want to just say, amen, that these promises are, however, really conditional on obedience. Because if you, if you live by the promises of God, how many believe that you've got to live by the principles of God? Many people want the promise of God without the principle of God. They want the, to be the benefit factors of the blessing, but you've got to be keepers of the covenant. Amen. And it's our nature that we want something for nothing. That's our nature. Aren't we, that, aren't we bent that way? Aren't you bent that way? I am. I'm bent towards I want to uh, win the lottery for no work. That, that's just our nature. It's in our, our nature we want those things. But how many know that's not the way it is? Why? Because it's not an abusive relationship we're in. We're in a healthy, functional relationship where he says yes to his promises and I say amen. God gives the commands and I live it out. That's the way it works. Come on, he says I love you and I respond by showing I love you. Amen. He poured his blood out. Amen. And then I repent and I've... And I receive the forgiveness. That's how it works. Amen. But if we've got to live by these promises, we've got to live by the principles of God. Amen. And so the promises of God are activated by the principles of God. It's when you begin to love other people better than yourself, God commands a blessing in your life. When you, when you treat your wife with honor and respect and raise your children in a godly way, there's blessing there. There's favor there. Come on. There's promises released. How many know the first promise, the Bible says the first commandment with promise was this, children obey your parents and the Lord for it is right. And when you do that, the Bible says you live a long life. That's the promise. You're successful, you're blessed, you're promised. But how many know that if you don't respect your parents, if you don't honor your parents, guess what's not going to You're not going to receive a blessing. Does everybody follow me? Come on. Oh no, Brother Matt, God blesses me no matter how I live. How many know, no, 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 if we live by the promises, we receive the bless, or the promises in the book. If we live by the principles, I should say, we receive the, principle, or the promises of the book. And so I want to make that clear, that the promises of God are activated by the principles of God. That's just the way it is. Amen? Come on, that doesn't mean God loves you any less. Come on, let's not get hung up on that. God loves you, still loves you. Whether you're out there messing up or whether you're struggling or whatever, God still loves you the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. Come on, Christians. Amen. Nothing you can do to, to win God's love on you, but there's things you can do to receive God's blessing and God's favor and, God, and God's promises in your life. It's called obedience. Amen. And so I receive forgiveness when I repent. 
I, I receive the Holy Spirit when I ask. I receive healing when I believe. See, that's just things that are contingent upon obedience. Let me go over some precious promises. Let me go over some precious promises. And I, I have a list that maybe I'll give and release, but it, it just took too much about all the scriptures that go along with these. We have the, pre, with the precious promise of the forgiveness of sins. How many love that promise? The Bible says if you sin, if you confess your sin, and you sin, you confess your sin. The Bible says we have an advocate. We have a lawyer. And he's pleading our case before the Lord. He's our intercessor. That he is faithful, what? And just to what? Forgive us of how many sins? All our sin and unrighteousness. Aren't you glad he doesn't say, you got 50, I'll give you, forgive you one just this week. No, he forgives all of your sin. Aren't you glad that he says that you, I'll forgive one, but you've got to work off the other 49 the rest of your life? No, the Bible says when we repent, we come to the Lord, God, I messed up, please forgive me. The Bible says he forgives all our sin and unrighteousness. Amen. I'm so glad that there's not a class that God puts us in that he forgives. He forgives you a lot, but he forgives me a little. No, the Bible says he forgives all our sin and unrighteousness. I don't know about you, but there's no such thing as a good sinner. Amen. We are all criminals. Amen. He laid on Jesus our iniquity. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the promise of forgiveness. The promise of forgiveness of sins. And the Bible makes it clear that there's the promise of eternal life. There's the promise. The Bible says that if you believe, you shall receive eternal life. Aren't you glad for that promise? Aren't you glad that there's, amen, loved ones that went on ahead that you're going to wait to see? We can't wait to see them. Can't wait to embrace them. Why? Because of the wonderful promise that we have of eternal life through Jesus. Amen. I'm thankful for the promise of acceptance and adoption through Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the resurrection from, de from death. I mean, that's amazing, this promise. Promise of healing, of a new identity we have in Jesus Christ. This is a promise that we have. The promise of His righteousness, His holiness. Not mine, His. That's a promise from the Lord. Amen. The promise of the love of God, the joy from the Lord, the peace from God. These are promises that we can receive every day. The promise of safety and protection. The promise of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. The promise of overcoming the world's systems and frustrations and sin and temptations. The promise of His mercy being new every day. How many know the Bible says that mercy, amen, hallelujah, and goodness follow me all the days of my life. Amen. They'll follow you because His mercies are brand new every single day. Amen. Hallelujah. And thankful for the promise that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. The enemy hates me and he wants to kill me, but God's not going to let that happen. Amen. Because no weapon formed against me is going to prosper in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. The promise is to help us win over depression, anxiety, weakness, the fear of death, doubts, come on, disease and sickness. We've got these promises to win over these things. He made promises to people and families and nations in the Bible. Isn't that amazing? God can make a promise to a nation and keep it. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't you like the Lord to make a promise to America? Amen. Which I think he did. And we need to say, God, you honored that promise. You made a promise. Our forefathers made a covenant with you. Amen. God, we ask you to keep that promise today. Amen. You know, there's the Bible. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures uh, in, in, in talking about the precious promises. 
The Bible says in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, we have a promise of rest for our souls. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, and I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. The promise of strength in Isaiah 40, 29 and 31, the Bible says that he gives, God gives power to the weak. He gives strength to the powerless. Even young people become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those that trust in the Lord, those that wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high and wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Anybody? Come on, the promise for provision. Philippians chapter 4, 19, and this same God who takes care of me, Paul said, will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. Who have been given to us by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I love this one in Romans 8, chapter, thir- chapter 8, verse 39. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us through Jesus Christ. Come on, aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that not even death can separate you from the love of God this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. And I just want to close by talking about the promise, the one of the greatest promises, and that is the promise of presence. One of the greatest promises that God has ever given to us as people. And I want to encourage you to do a little homework. I want to encourage you this week. I want you to dig in the Word of God, and I want you to look up, and you can Google some promises and start claiming them and say, God, this is... This is to me today. This is to me, my life, my family, my situation. But one of the greatest promises that God has ever promised mankind is His presence. I want to tell you that. That's the greatest thing. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, the writer of Hebrews echoes Deuteronomy when he says that what God promised is, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, Jesus said, I will be with you always. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 and 18. This is a promise from the Lord echoed in the Old Testament, repeated in the New. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing and then promise, I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you and you will be my sons and my daughters. I will be your father. I will be with you. Amen. I'll never leave you. I'm going to be more than a friend to you. I'm going to be like a brother, six closer than any brother. I'm not going to leave your side. You can go through the fire and you won't be burned. You can go through the water and you won't be drowned. No, you can drink deadly poison and no deadly thing will harm you because I'm with you. Amen. You can be in a fiery furnace with three other friends and I'm going to walk right in that furnace. Amen. You can be in the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. David said, I'm not going to be afraid because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I know you're here. I know you're here right now in the midst of temptation, in the midst of death, in the midst of fear and sickness and disease. You're with me. He is Emmanuel. He's God with us. Not God that was was with us. He's God with us. He's God with us. 
The promise of presence is one of the most powerful things you can get a hold of this morning. If you haven't heard anything else I've said, anything else, you don't even remember the yes and amen theme that I gave you today, remember this, you have the promise of the presence of the Lord. Amen. You don't have to be rich to have His promise. You don't have to live on the right side of the tracks to have His promise. You don't have to be the right skin tone, whatever that is, to have His presence. Amen. You don't have to have the nicest clothes, the best car, the biggest house. You can live under a bridge and God is with you. You can be walking the streets and God is with you. You can have no bread in your cupboard and God is with you. All men can hate you, separate you from their company. You can be in the darkest prison and God is with you. You can go hide from those that are chasing you and persecuting you and go in a cave and God will be in that cave, amen, like he was with David. Some of the best songs and greatest songs was when David was running for his life and he was at a loneliest spot in his life. He wrote some of the best songs that we sing today. Why? Because he's with me. He's with me. He was with David, amen, in the wilderness. He was with David facing the Goliath. He was with David sitting on the throne. And he was with David when he was in the cave of Abdullam. He was with him and God is with you. And I don't want you to think that I'm, because I'm not a preacher, because I'm not good enough. Let me tell you something. You're already past the test. God loves you. He wants to be with you. That's hard for some people to hear today. Amen, but God's with you. Amen. He's with us in every situation, everyday living. Amen. He's with us. He's with us in problems. He's with us in persecution. He's with us. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I, I, I believe in praying for the Christians that are being martyred. Amen. All over the world. But one of the greatest things, if you could talk to them, they would tell you, He's with us. He's with us in prison. He's with us in this camp. He's with us. Amen. In darkness. He's with us. And that's one of the greatest things that we can celebrate today. His promise of being with us. Amen. And let me just close with this. Is as a promise of His presence, He gave us two things. I believe He gave us His words. we talked about. And He gave us His Spirit. The Bible says, as Jesus said about the Holy Spirit coming, and He talked about the Comforter coming, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will be with you, and He will be in you forever. Forever. This is the promise of presence that we have. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible, again, calls it the gift of the Holy Spirit. He calls it the promise of the Father. Aren't you glad that God is our Father and we've got a wonderful promise from the Father? He said, I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, listen, when I go away, I'm going to send you the Comforter and it's as if I'd never left this earth because He's going to be with you. He's going to talk with you. He's going to do miracles through you. He's going to be with you when you lie down, when you walk, when you go wherever you are. I'm still with you because you've got my Spirit. Amen? That's the promise of the Father is the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what's so amazing about the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's God with us. And aren't you glad that he's, he's less than a whisper away? That's how close He is to all of us today. He's right here. You, you, don't, you can just think His name. You can just think about Him and how good He is. And all of a sudden, He just kind of gets a little bit closer and puts His arms around you and said, I've been here the whole time. I'm here. I want to encourage you today, if you know somebody that's sick or you're sick in your body, 
You don't have to know all these elaborate prayers and know prayer books and all these things. You just need to know the name. The name of the one that promises his presence. Jesus. Jesus, the one that's with us. Amen? He will empower you to minister. He will enable you to live. He will transform your heart. The Bible says that by the Spirit of God we're changed from glory to glory because that's his promise to us that he'll do. Can we stand on our feet today? Aren't you glad for the promises of the Lord? Amen today? The Bible is just chock full of the promises of God for us. And it reminds us how faithful he is. That's what it's all about. It's not about just blessing you and making you, you know, feel good and well. Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But how many know it's about that we know who he is? He loves to show himself strong. He loves to show himself faithful. Some of you said, Lord, I just haven't seen your faithfulness in a long time. Don't give up. Hold on. Keep going. Keep holding on. Keep pressing. The Lord wants to show you today. You. Not everybody else. You. He wants to show you today that he's faithful. He's faithful to touch your body. He's faithful to touch your mind. He's faithful to touch your kids and your family. He's able to do that. Why? Why can God do that? Because He can back it up. I said He can back it up. He's strong. He's mighty. He's good for His Word. Amen. If you need some money today from God, let's just, let's just put it be real today. If you've got a need today and you say, Lord, I, I can't go anywhere else. Can I go today? I want you to turn to the one that promises and He's good for His promises today. Amen. Because today, every promise in God is yes and every promise is amen. Hallelujah. God gives us this incredible, precious promises. He gives it to us in worship. He gives it to us in prayer and giving and witnessing and receiving and blessing others. In our hearts, in our mind, in our body, in our marriage, in our children, our work, in our relationship, He gives us these precious promises. Amen. And you know, let me just say this, that God confirmed His promise with the oath of His blood. He made an oath with us and He made he gave us some promises, but He sealed it, the Bible says, with this promise of the blood of Jesus. You know that God's good for His promises because Jesus died on the cross. The blood of Jesus was shed for your sin and your sickness and your disease. That's how we know that God is good for every promise in this book today. And then He goes further than that. How many know that's God's nature to go one step further? He goes a little bit further than that and He said, you know what? I'm not just going to make an oath with blood, but now I'm going to seal it with the Spirit of God. The Bible says that He sealed this promise with the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad that it's not just a promise of the Father, but He seals you until the day of redemption, the Bible says, with His Spirit. Amen. That's the power of the promise of presence. Amen. So today I want to speak this over your life, that every promise in God's Word, God said, is yes to you today. And amen. How many can lift your hand to heaven and just say, I agree with that. How many agree and affirm the promise of God? I want you to take about just 30 seconds and I want you to ask, what promise do you need today? What promise are you declaring today? What promise? Amen. I'm not talking about get rich quick. I'm talking about the promises of God. The blessing of the Lord that comes through us through Jesus Christ. Because we are His and He is ours. Through His blood and through His Spirit, we have these promises today. Hallelujah. I want you to just say it out right now. God, I need... I'm calling on the promise and reminding you today the precious promise of provision. 
Lord, I need that provision. Lord, I'm thinking about that widow woman that didn't have anything, but Lord, you did a miracle. There was a promise. And Lord, you said that promise never wore out. Never wore out. Lord, I need those kind of promises released today. I need the promise of salvation and healing, Lord, to come to my house, Lord. Lord, I just thank you today for every promise in this book. Lord, in my business, in my decisions that I need to make, my relationships. Lord, that I'm walking through. Lord, working through some issues in my life. Lord, I'm, re- I'm leaning on your promises today. I'm leaning on your promises today. Aren't you glad for that today? Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord now. Let's take a moment and thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your promise. Thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, Lord. You're good for your promise. You're good for your promise. You're good for your promise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So today, I want to just leave you with this. Not only do I want to give you a little homework to just kind of read up, amen, get in the book of promise and read about some promises, but I want to encourage you. I want you to tell somebody about a promise this week. I want you to share, amen, with somebody that doesn't know the Lord. Talk to them about a promise. Can you talk to them this week and just say, just tell them about a promise. You know, Jesus promised us forgiveness. You know, Jesus promised us healing. Jesus promised us, amen, just a new identity. I, I want to just challenge you this week. Somebody that doesn't know the Lord, you come just talk about a promise. Can you do that this week? Share a promise with somebody. Maybe a promise that happened in your life, maybe something recently, or maybe something you discovered in God's Word. I want to encourage you today. Listen, let's go out of this place and let's bless each other, encourage each other in the name of the Lord. Shake somebody's hand. If you don't know somebody, introduce yourself. Make them feel welcome. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We'll see you.